Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is such an important one, reputation management. How should a lender and a loan officer generate a positive reputation, especially coming up in 2022? I'm thrilled to have with me A.J. Franke, who is President and Chief Operating Officer at Gold Star Mortgage Financial Company, a rising star within our mortgage business. Hi, A.J. Good. Hi, how are you? Good. Well, this is such an important topic, but before we kind of jump into it, let's get to know you a little bit better by how did you get into mortgage banking and how did you get into managing? Yeah, so I've been in uh, mortgage banking since 2008. So I started right out of college and started my career at Gold Star. So I've been at Gold Star now 14 years, so my entire mortgage career. And when I started, we were a hybrid broker banker, right? So we were doing a lot of um, mini correspondent business some delegated, some non-delegated, and then some broker business as well. And and I started in 2008, right, as, as kind of the world was falling down around us. And fortunately, you know, Gold Star was in a position where, you know, we had made some good investments, you know, in the years prior, you know, kind of stayed away from some of the more risky loan business, some of the power option arms and uh, subprime business like that. And so we were positioned well to kind of survive uh, and then thrive as the market shifted. And so when I started, you know, I was a loan coordinator and spent some time as a loan officer and, and learned how to originate. And as we uh, made that transition into a full mortgage bank, I became the de facto technology guy. And we got Encompass to, you know, to make that transition because we needed a better central system of control, you know, to really be a bank. And, and you know, we were supporting all kinds of things like underwriting and secondary that we just didn't have prior to that transition. And so, you know, I was put in a very strong, I guess, a very, very fortunate role, I should say, to be working side by side with the individuals that were building those departments within Gold Star. Um, and that's kind of how I cut my teeth. And I spent about eight years doing that, learning about the business, learning about what it took, you know, for a mortgage company to run, learning about secondary and credit risk and, and all of the, the facets really of the business until I took over and, and I took over at the beginning of 2017 and then have been doing that since, uh, since 2017. And so it's been kind of an evolution, worn a lot of different hats, many of them at the same time prior. You know, I was very fortunate to, to start, I think, in the business when I did, kind of on the, you know, during the turnaround, I would say, or the, or the rebirth of the mortgage business. And you know, have been here since. So AJ, talk about now your president, uh, some of the challenges that you face, especially since it looks like we're going into a much more difficult market. Since I've started, I mean, there's been, you know, it feels like a new challenge every year. You know, obviously the mortgage market is constantly shifting and the, and the world is constantly shifting around us. You know, coming out of 2020 and even looking at 2021, I think the most, I guess, obvious challenge that everybody faced was was staff, both retention from recruiting, you know, we've always had sales recruiting. That's been, you know, that's been pretty prevalent in the mortgage business. You know, everybody's going after kind of the same pie, fighting for the same business and, and fighting for the same loan officers from that perspective to try to bring that business into the door. But I think that the new phenomenon last year that was really prevalent was the operational talent recruiting and, and how much, you know, people were competing over the same underwriters and the same closers and, and what that did to wages that, 
in the moment was fine because margins were high and there was a ton of volume and everybody was just trying to get it done. But obviously that, you know, and anybody that was forward looking on that knew that that was going to create, you know, challenges in, in future years where now you're not really in the right position in terms of what your salaries are. And, and as margins start to come down to more normal levels and everybody's starting to fight over market share again, you know, your cost per loan becomes very problematic. And so I think that uh, we're not specifically facing that challenge here because we, we were able to, to hold it off in 2020. Um, we spent a lot of time developing uh, on an internal development programming and develop, and develop internal staff. So we're not constantly or frequently looking outside of the organization for operational talent. But I think in general, you know, the challenge that we faced was trying to keep those people, you know, from being lured away, you know, with promises of higher wages and, and at the same time, educating them on the fact that, you know, a lot of that stuff is short term, right? It's short term in nature. It's depicted by market. Uh, we see it frequently, you know, staff up, staff up, lay off, lay off. And, you know, that's the strategy that works for a lot of people. You know, at Gold Star, I really try to to stay away from that because it, it has a lot of long-term cultural ramifications, right? And you're constantly reinventing your company and it's very expensive to retrain people. And so, but it's a challenge, you know, nonetheless, you know, to, to get people to buy into that vision and that culture and couple that with the fact that everybody was working from home and disconnected and really on their own island you know, that made it even more difficult. So AJ, how do you see 2022 playing out? Well, I don't have a crystal ball to predict the market, right? I see, you know, I see the the forecast where obviously volume is going to be, uh, you know, lower than it was than it was in 2020 and 2021. But even the lower, you know, more overall market forecast that I've seen uh, somewhere around $3 trillion is still very healthy compared to subsequent years. Obviously, you have you know, you have loan amounts continuing to rise because home values are rising. And nothing's officially been announced, at least as of the date of this podcast, from Fannie and Freddie yet, but that is coming in, in subsequent days. And I've seen numbers, you know, around 650,000, which is going to drive up your average loan amount. So I think volume in 2022, albeit not as strong as 2020 or 2021, is still going to be healthy. And when you have healthy volume, you usually have, you know, healthier or at least adequate margins. But I think you will start to see companies in 2022 really separate themselves based on, you know, some of the investments that they probably started in 2020, but really made this year in 2021, as they kind of were able to come up for air and at least breathe and still be busy. And so I, I think you'll start to see a separation next year, similar to what you saw in 2019 and eight, 18 and 19, I should say where things were getting really tough for a lot of people. And, and I really, I think 2020 kind of bailed them out, you know, but, you know, those that invested well, I think will, you know, be able to thrive or maybe got a second chance. But, um, you know, those that didn't, you know, they're going to be right back to where they were, uh, you know, when, when the market corrects. Well, it's going to be interesting for sure. And I can't agree with you more is that it does seem to me that certainly there'll be a lot of consolidation, which is not unexpected. So AJ, talk sure. about, how do you keep on top of all the changes? Mortgage banking is certainly not for the faint of heart and constant sure. changes is all part of it. So how do you keep on top of yeah. it all? I hire people smarter than me. I have a really strong executive team, some of which have been with me and, and honestly came up with me along that same trajectory, some of which are newer and have come from well-respected well, well -respected and well-run organizations. 
that, you know, were maybe looking for the next step in their career and they just weren't going to be able to do it where they were, which is nice because it brings some outside viewpoints, you know, an outside viewpoints about how things are done at other places but still with a, also a strong basis in, in institutional knowledge with the rest of the team, you know, referring to really, you know, where we've come from, what, what has worked for us, why we look at things the way that we do, not that they're right, but at least so that we know where, you know, why it is that way and, and can have some more educated conversations about, you know, why we may want to change it and what it's, what it's really going to impact, which is the most important thing. So I, I would say that I have a really strong team that is very, very well versed in their in their areas of expertise and and really they stay abreast of the changes probably more than I do and you know bring me up to speed where needed but I you know I really view my job as getting all of those pieces bringing all of those pieces you know to work together and making sure that they're all on the same page rowing in the same direction and and one of the things that you know I think has really kind of been the pillar of my career and where I've excelled is I may not know everything that's coming or, or what's coming, but I do have a very good eye at how it's going to affect everything else because I've worked in every part of this organization. So I know, you know, who who to bring together, what people to bring together and and what they're gonna need, you know, to make those changes come to fruition. And and yeah, so I would say that's really how we go about it here though. Well, that sounds like a great plan for sure. So let's talk about the reputation management, our topic for today. Talk about how you view it from a lender standpoint and then also about from the originator standpoint. And maybe it's best to start off with how would you define it and and how do you actually measure it? So why don't you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would say, you know, how I define reputation management, you know, to, not to oversimplify it, but it's really about the experiences that your customer has and you know how they feel after the transaction's over right and, and how you made them feel even during the transaction and i think that that's one side of reputation management and then i also think that just as important and especially from my seat where you know i'm looking at the customer but i'm also looking at you know uh, i guess what i would call interested parties whether that be regulators investors you know aggregators the gses everybody you know, you have to manage your reputation on that side of the business just as much, right? You know, so that, you know, they know who they're working with, what you are as a company, what you're doing, how you address issues, how you address concerns. And so just, just to talk about that side first, because it's probably a shorter conversation. The thing that I do most in my position is I, I really just try to proactively build relationships, you know, with, with those stakeholders so that the first time I'm meeting them isn't necessarily when there's a problem, right? So that there's some kind of base there of, they know, you know, what we're about as a company, where we're coming from and who we are. And I, I think that that's very important. And that, that pays dividends in the long run, you know, to make sure that, you know, you can thrive as an organization. From a customer perspective and, and breaking it down to a loan officer and then company, you know, especially in our business, you know, where we're a retail originator, um, our loan officers are who, who we are to the, to the customer, right? And to the street. I mean, they, the customer interacts with them more than anybody else in our organization. We are largely a platform for the loan officer to bring and close their business on. And so the loan officer's reputation is of the utmost importance. And it comes up a lot, you know, when we're talking to new, newer seasoned salespeople in certain marketplaces, you know, we try to be very conscious of if we're going to bring on another individual or another office or branch or whatever in that marketplace, you know, we're very conscious of the fact that that person's reputation now affects everybody within the company, not just themselves. And we talk about that with our sales staff and how 
their larger impact on the organization and what that looks like. You know, obviously we do kind of the table stake stuff of trying to automate reviews for the consumer, you know, to leave reviews online. And, and you know, we look at those and we read those and you know, we have automated surveys that we can get um, net promoter score from and, and identify and ask some very pointed questions about what we're doing well and try to find areas that maybe we're not doing so well. But again, we build our reputation of, as a company through the reputation of our loan officers. There's no, if the reputations of our loan officers or the experiences that they're creating are not good, then it doesn't matter how good Goldstar is at funding loans or underwriting loans because the customer, all that they see is is that front end, you know, that front end piece of it. And so we spend a lot of time measuring it. We don't overcomplicate the measurement, right? The first question we ask is, please rate your overall experience because you can identify pretty quickly how somebody's feeling just from that question, right? And then we drill down into some more specific questions of, you know, how did we do with this? How did we do with this? How do we do with this? And, you know, we only ask five questions. We don't want to overwhelm somebody. We don't want it to take too long. We change those questions periodically based on what's important to us, what we're focused on. And we look down into nuanced stuff, right? How was your experience with our online portal? We, are, we run two. And so uh, we compare those, right? You know, is one scoring higher than the other? Let's see, you know, if there's something we can do to tune the other to make it to make it more effective, or, or maybe we need to start, you know, moving towards a single portal. And, and so, yeah, I think you have to measure everything, but you also have to know what it is that you're trying to, what you want your reputation to be so that you know how to measure it. So AJ, talk about a little bit regarding this issue of, let's talk about 2021. So what did you find was important from your survey standpoint? Because every lender does surveys and the facts are, what happens to the surveys is my second part of the question. Does that get funneled down to the loan officer? Does management actually call the customer if they're unhappy? Uh, Talk about all of those issues. Yeah, so, well, I would tell you, you know, the biggest thing that, that we looked for in our surveys and fortunately, we didn't have too many of these, you know, very just a few, but it definitely happened. And you heard about it happening in other organizations as well. You know, everybody was so busy in 2020 that some customers just flat out were forgotten, right? Their loan got lost in the shuffle. They couldn't get a hold of their loan officer. You know, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't get what they needed in terms of service because everybody was so busy and they just lost sight of it. And so that was something that, you know, I was very targetedly looking for to make sure, because I knew that that could happen, right? To make sure that that wasn't happening, or if I could see a trend of where that was happening, identify that quickly to try to to try to get in front of it so that it didn't happen to more consumers. So, you know, fortunately, we didn't really have that issue, but it definitely could have been a problem. And so I think some of it is just foreseeing where you know you're going to be a little bit weaker and then trying to identify if that's what the customer is actually experiencing. Our survey data gets aggregated, so the executive management sees the entire company. You can see it aggregated by loan officer, by product, or by loan officer and product for that matter. See, is somebody, do they not understand a program loan? You know, we have a big corporate initiative around VA loans and and how to really properly serve veterans, but, you know, that takes training, right? It's a different customer set. It's a different program. If somebody's selling VA loans that doesn't really know exactly how, you're going to see that in the survey data pretty quickly. We use it for those purposes, but yeah, executive management sees everything. We can break it down by branch or by individual. Branch managers can see each individual loan officer in their branch and then an aggregate score for the branch. 
we set a corporate goal of a composite score so that everybody kind of knows what the, you know, what the benchmark is. And then also the individual branches can see and the individual loan officers can see how they rank against the average, right? So we don't exactly put everybody on blast of, you know, what their scores are, but, you know, you can see if you're at a composite score of three and a half, I mean, our corporate benchmark is 4.85. So you're pretty off of the expectation that we set in terms of service and everybody knows it, right? I can see that, they can see that. And, and you know, a discussion is going to be had for that matter to see, you know, where are the gaps and, you know, what can be improved and, and you know, why are we not servicing these customers well and, and, you know, how can we solve that problem? But I think you have an adequate scoring mechanism to be able to identify kind of a macro issue. And then the other, the, the only other thing you can do is you got to read the comments, right? And, and that just takes patience and time. Nobody's going to do that for you, you know, but that's the only way that you're really going to know, especially being in my seat, you know, what customers are saying about you. And so, you know, I, I read the comments. I, I look at the reviews online to see, you know, to see what our online presence looks like and what our online asset looks like. And, and then we also remind loan officers, we have automated reminders in the system, obviously, to, to try to generate feedback from consumers, but there's nothing better than a phone call. And so we, we remind loan officers frequently, you, know, you need to make the call, you need to ask for the review, right? Especially if it's a good experience, right? Because your positive reviews are an asset, you know, not only for the individual loan officer, but for the company as well. And people are far more motivated to view you if they've had a bad experience, which is fine. And, you know, you want that feedback too, but you don't want it to become the only public information that you have. And, and that can happen if, if you don't proactively manage, you know, manage this piece of your business. So AJ, what happens when there's a negative review? And let's say it's a loan officer that consistently has a negative review and you've already tried development. Is there any type of other ramification for them? If a loan officer is getting consistent negative reviews, yeah, and to be honest, fortunately, we haven't really had this issue here because you usually know that they're a problem before you, you know, before it gets to that point. And so I think if you're proactively managing your loan officer, the reviews are just going to be a result of what you already knew and probably not the flag that it's an issue. Again, I, the discussion here is always how is that person affecting everybody else, right? Because it isn't just that customer that they affected and it isn't just that loan that they affected. It's the reputation in the community. It's the reputation online of, you know, what that means for the rest of the company. I mean, the worst thing that, you know, you, you can have is your logo, right? Which is really your brand gets associated with somebody that's just doing a poor job, right? And so, you know, we usually leave it up to the branch managers to handle and they are usually ahead of it, even from an executive level, because they know what's going on on a daily basis. And, you know, they're talking to customers. And if there's, if there's customers having really poor experiences, they know about it. And they also understand that it affects them and the rest of their office. And so usually it's handled before it ever gets to the point that, you know, somebody has 10 or 20 negative views, because by that time, you know, it's already been addressed. And they're probably not with you anymore because they're just having too much of a negative impact on your organization. Right. Well, time has flown by. We only have a couple minutes left. So what is your thoughts of how you think reputation management is going to look like in 2022? What type of changes or uh, things that you think would be important for lenders to hear about? 
You know, I think obviously, and this has been happening for the last seven or eight or nine years even, is, uh, you know, more and more reputation management has been shifting online. There's, it's easier and easier for consumers to get access to information about you as an organization and, you know, what you're about and what you stand for and really how you service customers. So I think online platforms will continue to be important. I think one of the things that's become a challenge with reputation management is how do you be everywhere, but also be there in a meaningful way? You know, you only have so many customers. And so, you know, you don't want 10 reviews on 10 different platforms because that doesn't really tell a good story, especially if you're a loan officer, you know, talking about building a company brand through a loan officer's brand, you only have so many, so many opportunities for review. And so I do think that it's important to pick where you're going to be. You know, I'm not a big believer in in being on every single platform that the customer can, you know, could find you on potentially. I, I think what really needs to happen and in, in going into 2022 and what we're really focused on here as Gold Star is pick your platform so that you can really tell a comprehensive story because you have enough data in that platform, whether it's Google or Zillow or, or, or wherever it's going to be. You need to leverage that as an asset to remarket. So don't let the customer decide where they're going to find you, but be where, push them to where you want them to be, right? Figure out how to use that as a marketing asset so that you can really tell your story. Because as you know, there's a new review board popping up every day. You could be on Yelp, you could be on Google, you could be on Zillow. And I would love to be everywhere, right? You know, that's the dream, um, but it's not a reality, right? I haven't seen anybody that's really doing that effectively. Anybody that's really doing um, you know, reputation management effectively, you know, especially in the way that I'm talking about, which is proactively trying to build a positive review database instead of just going into reactive crisis management for the people that have bad experiences. You really need to pick where you're going to do that, commit to it, and then figure out how to use it as a as an asset. So uh, I think that that will continue to become important as more and more uh, medians, you know, come online. But I think it's a you know you can accomplish that if you focus. Well, I think you're exactly right. Actually, if you even look at the Consumer Finance Board, they're letting customers do videos, and so it does tell you how this is all changing for sure. Well, I want to thank you, AJ, yeah. for sharing all your great thoughts on this. It's such an important topic, and I want to thank everybody for listening. I certainly appreciate you spending time with us today. So thanks so much, AJ. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.